Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. And keep your mouth shut, 50! I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this boy out the real sound, but you can't take the real sound out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little bit of teeth because you got big skin. Welcome into After the Snap. My name is Blake Ferguson. I am joined by my lovely co-host, Reed Ferguson. And we represent half of the AFC East Long Snapping crew. We're here today to talk to you about all things Long Snapping, all things beer, and all things LSU basketball? Yeah! Is it is it time to... Is it time to talk some LSU basketball? Get on the train. All right. Well, let's do it. We'll uh, we'll get into some LSU basketball later in the pod. But first, let's get to our weekend recap. This is our last podcast of the 2021 calendar year, and this is this was week 16. Of the NFL season? 16. Dude, it is yep. flying by. Flying by. Yeah, you know, I was just, I was talking to Matt and Tyler the other day. It felt like November was a blur. Yeah, it did. It did. And it felt and like, you know, September, October, you know, it's like week eight or, eight, you know, week nine, eight, nine. I think maybe 10, week 10 is in November, but like at the end of, at the end of October, it's like week nine or whatever. And we played you guys on Halloween and I was like, it was like roughly halfway through the season. And I'm yep. like, you know, we're going, we're chugging along. And like, here we are in a normal year next week, this coming Sunday would be our last game of the season. Right. And you're, you know, you're all week. You're like looking at the playoff scenarios. You're like, okay, who's got to beat who? So this they can get in and we can clinch if we do this and they can clinch if we do that, the seating and all that. But like so much can even happen this week before you're even <coughs> think about looking at that next week. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, adding the 17th game obviously, uh, was a big deal this off season. So. Uh, one more game into January, but yep. uh, but yeah, season's flying by. Two more weeks to go. I will say for us, because we went on a seven-game losing streak, and then a now a seven-game winning streak. the The season has felt a whole lot faster in the in the last seven games than it had than it was hundred percent for the for weeks two through nine like it was it when you're losing every single week it goes so slow like so slow and now that we're winning we've you know we're we're playing meaningful football late in the year which is really all that you can ask for it's starting to fly and it's crazy to look back and think about you know those those weeks where we were doing joint practices in training camp and it's like man that was that was so long ago but it feels like we just did that but as a recap we went to new orleans this week on monday night second primetime game of the year and we came out with a victory 20 to 3 um and 2 and 0 in that stadium 
I am three and zero in that three and zero. We played. We played. So obviously, we oh, you played, played the rice national championship. There. Or rice no, or we, BYU? We played BYU. BYU. That's right. It was supposed to be the kickoff game of twenty of the twenty eighteen season in Houston. Yep. And that was when they was that Harvey uh, were hit with I believe Harvey. Yes. Yep. And that was the whole like JJ Watt raising all that money and that was all that and so we were planning on going to Houston and then like right before this hurricane pops up and they had to pivot. So I think that they were uh, thinking about maybe doing it at a couple of different places, uh, maybe Atlanta. And then they were like, well, new Orleans is the best, you know, the best alternative. And so I know we we were actually thinking about going to BYU, which I believe is in Provo, Provo, Utah, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And so that didn't end up happening and we played it in new Orleans, but now three and zero in that stadium. Beat BYU, beat Clemson in the national championship, and now Clemson. Clemson. If you're from the South, the South, the you South. Say it, you say it with a P. Speaking Clemson. of the South, speaking of being from the South, have you seen Dane the Great on Instagram? Is have that, I sent you his stuff? Is that the Waffle House. No, that's uh, Trevor Wallace. Wait, Dane the Great is the Southern Southern Dad. Southern Dad. Yes. He, He's from Louisiana. You, is he? Yes. If you have not seen Dane the Great on Instagram, I think I, fo- I follow him. I don't know if you do, but if you go under my uh, – Reed Ferguson, if you go under my following and search Dane, I'm sure his name will pop up. His videos are utterly hilarious. He he, he throws on these retro like shirts and like neon hats and an old like NASCAR – Bush light shirts. Yes. And he and he imitates so these these dads to perfection. Yes. It's incredible. So and it's it's funny to me because it's like we all live the same life. Like we all have had the same exact experiences. Yep. And he pinpoints that like to a T. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because he actually uh, Dane so I, I Dane's following is a lot bigger on TikTok than it is on Instagram. Oh okay. and I followed Dane maybe back in early fall and I commented on one of his videos cause he was wearing an LSU shirt. And ah. I think I just said something like go tigers and he, and he saw it and, and gave me a follow. And so since then we've been, uh, we've been trying to, we've been trying to set up a TikTok at LSU. I, I feel bad for not, for not recognizing it when you said his name, but I have him literally saved in my phone as Southern Dad, but yeah, he's he's great. I don't so know. So you beat, you beat that... BYU, you beat Clemson, and then you yes. obviously uh, first NFL yep. game there. One and zero in New Orleans. League. Yep. And Tua hit the gritty. To dominate. Tua continues to dominate. Hit the gritty. Mac Hollins down to punt at the one yard line. So he and... he did that a couple weeks ago. The gritty, yes. Yeah. That's well, like when he his... down to punt, he down to oh, punt yeah. inside the five or something. Yep. It was on. Did the gritty? Uh, it was come, you Baltimore. know after he did it, and then oh, that was the the, the last primetime game, of course. Yeah. Because uh, I was watching it on TV, and then obviously you what, was that a uh, predetermined thing that yes. happened on Monday 100%. night? You said if you catch one inside the ten or inside the five, we're all doing it. Like yeah, who all so... was in on it? 
literally I went up to I went up to Mac in pregame. He he has his little routine that he does and he he, he like goes and walks around the field like barefoot and he's he's different. I he was sitting over by the Gatorade cooler and I went up to him and I was like, Hey, I was like, If if you down one inside the five tonight, we're hitting the gritty. And he was like all right, let's do it. <laughs> so, and so sure enough, the second to last punt of the game, he he downs on the like three inch line. Like he's tiptoeing. I thought down he the, stepped in. I did like too. on the TV, I thought he stepped in. It looked that 100%. close. I was like the I was like his pinky toe crossed the line. Yes. But sure enough, and, he was and he was super confident doing it, which yeah. is all that. And he walked crazy. off. He walked off and the rest of us get down there and and um and we hit the gritty and it it was funny because I don't like I don't dance like I'm that's just not who I am and I had so many people like messaging me after the game <laughs> talking about we saw you hit the gritty because on the ca- Jasper is Jasper is knocking over furniture because the camera angle that they showed I'm like the you were first front and center. like I was front and center oh yeah and um so that was that was pretty funny but. Yeah, it was it was a good night. The last thing that I I will say is that for our listeners, if you don't know who Christian Wilkins is, you need to go listen to some of his mic'd up content on YouTube because his middle name is, is Troll. He is, and I, I literally I went up to him on the sideline and I was like, "Dude, you are so annoying." <laughs> He was like, I'm so petty. And, and he did the same thing to me that he did to Kamara. Yeah. In the he does in it. our game in Buffalo on Halloween. He stole my towel yeah. after an extra point. And yes. Cody Ford so, like snatched it back and I was like, You are that's just his, so that's annoying. his thing. <laughs> he so for our listeners, he Christian Wilkins is a defensive lineman for us and he has this funny thing annoying thing that he does where he like steals your towel like your like your quarterback towel and he just like will walk off with it just to get under your skin a little bit and he did it to Alvin Kamara after already like kind of pushing and shoving with him just like playfully and he he just goes walking off with Kamara's towel and he and Kamara Alvin turns around and like takes it back, I guess, and, like, shoves Christian, like, in the helmet. And Alvin got, fl- got, Alvin got flagged for it, yeah, 15 yards. And so that was when I went up to Christian on the sideline. I was like, you are so annoying. Because he, he does it every single day in field goal period during practice. Like, he will – he he's, like, the, the sneakiest – like, I'll, I'll reach down – for like the next field goal to dry my hands and, and it, my towel just won't be there. We need to get him on the pod because I think that he would be a hilarious uh, sure. interview. You guys went up to, uh, I guess, down over to over? New England. Is that east? I think it's over. Okay. It is east. It's definitely not west. It's for sure east, but uh, north east? Uh, Chris? My geography yeah. is bad. You went, you went over to New England. Over, that's okay. why I said over. It's not. Okay. It's kind of like two thirty on a map. Got it. It's like slightly three o'clock. Slightly uh, above our latitude line. Would your vehicle say <clears throat> northeast? No. Or would it just say yeah? East? 
I think it would say East. Okay. There you go. Depending on where you're Anyway, we knew it was a big game coming in. Obviously, uh, whoever won took possession of first in the division and kind of controlled their destiny going forward. So uh, we obviously knew going into the game it was going to be a big game. So two things I think that were notable for me. One, we didn't punt. Love that. And actually, the picture that I posted after the game, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's awesome. But I I took a page out of Thomas Morstead's book uh, when he was in New Orleans. He used to pose with Drew Brees whenever they didn't have uh, a punt, whenever they did not punt, because they were notoriously one of the best third down uh, conversion teams in the NFL throughout Drew Brees' whole career. Whenever they had a game with no punts, they would get a picture after the game and it would get posted on social media. Given, uh, you know, how important the game was and how great the offense played on Sunday, uh, I figured it would be Matt and I, Matt, I, I got Matt in on it, but I was like, hey, we got to get this picture. So to just to commemorate the moment, but I feel like uh, I've seen, I feel like I've seen so many Thomas Morstead zero locker room yeah. photos. Like in my time, it could it could just be that those particular photos stick out in my head. But I feel like I've seen so many of those just because they were so good on offense while Breeze was there. But yeah, I love that, love that. So I think that that picture probably got on Instagram. I think Mom actually texted me and asked me if that was the most likes I've ever gotten on a picture. And I think uh, I checked it earlier. Uh, I think we're over six thousand. So I don't know. You have way more followers than I do. Have you ever gotten 6,000? I think our photo after last year, at the end of last year, did. But it was it was something close to that. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's far and away my most liked picture on Instagram. But do you, do you think that a normal photo with Josh Allen just standing in it would have gotten you the same amount of likes? <laughs> Just not not commemorating zero punts. Yeah, not commemorating anything. Just you and Josh Allen and the other specialists. <laughs> Probably not. I think. I mean, I get where you're. I get what you're go- getting at. But I think the fact that we didn't punt and obviously that props up Josh and the offense. That kind of I think exactly. helped out the picture, but. Back-to-back wins in New England. Uh, uh, first, that was the note. That was the first time Matt had never punted in a game in his career, which I thought was interesting. So sure props that, to that, him. I'm sure that's got to be weird for the punter. Like, like how do you stay warm? How do you stay kind of in rhythm? I know when I know going back to Morstead when he was in New Orleans and they were having several games where they just didn't punt at all. I know that he was he would complain about how it would be kind of just like tough to stay in rhythm, stay warm, loose, like sharp mentally throughout the game cuz you just like you you just know the offense is going to score or at least be in the, you know, in field goal range every time. It's right. It is it Yeah, is I mean, I think it was a mixture of us moving the ball well, but we also went for on fourth down, I think the most times that Coach McDermott's ever gone for it in a game. Gotcha. So it was like a mixture of yeah. moving the ball really well slash 
being aggressive on fourth down slash being in field goal range. To your point, yeah, I mean it's that's that's kind of where it stems from. But and then the third bullet point I wrote on my notes was Josh Allen. Like that's that's the tweet. Like the the man is a baller. Yeah, he's he's really good. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I you I know you don't want to say much, but like the dude's a freak. No, big time respect, like for sure. That's that's all. That's kind of all I got to say about New England. We got uh, the hometown Atlanta Falcons coming into town uh, on Sunday. And funny thing, uh, I know you uh, probably saw my. Um, me and Mike Davis, yes, the running back going back and forth on Twitter. That was from a couple months ago. What did that stem um, from? I remember, I remember that being he, a thing, and you yeah. offered him, you offered him wings. But I think was it was, it? I think it originated like beginning of September or something. And he had tweeted about uh, how good the wings were in Atlanta. Mm, so you were like. And I was like, I was like, hmm, this is a great opportunity. I was like, oh, we play them later in the season. So I was like, I tagged Barbell and I was like, you know, hopefully they'll see it and, you know, whatever we can, uh, you know, uh, work something together and I can, you know, pay them to send some wings over there. And uh, sure enough, you know, uh, my buddy reminded me of it a couple of days ago or yesterday, I guess, whenever I uh, tweeted again. And, um, Mike had remembered. He replied, and he was like, yeah, I'm down for it. Let's do it. He, he said he was so excited. So uh, I've already talked to the Barbell guys. They're they're sending wings uh, up to them on Saturday. So um, they're get, they're going to get a taste of some honey butter barbecue and, and see oh, what man. see what some real wings are all about. But uh, that was just a funny that, – that I, I, I felt like I had to mention that on the pod. Yeah, for sure. You want to uh, give out our week 16 – after the snap clutch snap of the week. Yes, sir. Let's give me a drum roll, please. Drum roll. This week's after the snap clutch snap of the week goes to Mr. Morgan Cox, long snapper for the Tennessee Titans, who we play this week. Morgan snapped a dime for a 44-yard field goal uh, with nine seconds left in the game to beat the San Francisco 49ers 20-17. to Congrats to Morgan on the win and the perfect snap and allowing Randy Bullock to knock it through. So uh, looking forward to seeing Morgan this week. We travel up to uh, a blustery, cold Nashville, Tennessee with two open end zones that will allow the 27-mile-an-hour wind gust to just tear right through the stadium. Uh, we also interviewed him a couple weeks ago, so go back and yep. listen to it. He was great. Yep. I know I wrote in here in the notes. I know we kind of go back and forth, but uh, I put up on Twitter earlier from the podcast account some, you know, just uh, reaching out for some questions. I know it had been a while since uh, we had uh, got some Twitter questions, but we got some good feedback. There was, there was a lot of uh, back-and-forth um, on the Twitter sphere, uh, between Buffalonians and people from the South this week after Isaiah McKenzie, uh, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills tweeted that Buffalo should have a waffle house. And of course I had to retweet and agree with him. Uh, and there was a lot of back and forth 
I can't believe that there isn't a waffle. I house. can't believe there is either. And there's one Cracker Barrel, what? and it's like 25 minutes from my house. So it's like you know, that's we need to we need to up our game up here a little bit. But let's see where the closest Waffle House is to. I can tell you right there. now, it is in Ashtabula, Ohio. There you go. Wait, Ashtabula. have we talked? I know that. I, I know that exit. Dri- driving up, I know that exit. I think we might have actually talked about that on the pod before because that sounds familiar now that you say it, Chris. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, um, some of these questions have to do with uh, Waffle House. Some have to do with football. All right, so here we go. I took some screenshots uh, of some of the questions, so uh, we'll give it a run. I got five for you, okay? First one comes from uh, at Run Mark Run. Chris, I believe you guys are familiar with him on the Rock Pile Report. He is actually our attorney and lawyer. Really? Correct. For the podcast. For the Rock Pile Report. It's Rock Pile Report's attorney, Mark Smith, at run underscore Mark underscore run. Mark with a C. Is he is he a is he the official attorney of like do you like is that an endorsement? No, he's a, he is legitimately our lawyer because uh, the Rockpile Report, my other podcast, we are an LLC, and he helped get us an LLC. I was only asking because I know that there's there are like like LSU has like the official hospice care of LSU football, and so I was just curious if if like y'all actually use which is no nope, we we paid him to do our LLC, so we are an official LLC. All right, run, Mark, run. Run Mark Run asks, what is the over-under on a Waffle House waffle maximum long snap distance? So I think that when I saw this question, I think the first thing I thought was it would have to be super crispy. Or just super, super soft and like balled up into a ball. Well, see, I think you have to keep the waffle shape. If it's in waffle form... It has to be crispy. Got to be crispy or else it's going to rip apart. And I think if it's crispy, I'm going to say like 15 yards. Yeah, it's not going as far as you think it would. Because I think if you really fling it. If you were shooting it out of a slingshot, <laughs> how would you how would you make it travel the farthest? And if you just. If you I just think you would it, actually not do a slingshot. You would have to do one of those things. Uh. That you like when you go out with a shotgun and you shoot skeet. Oh yeah. You would fling it with like the it's got oh. like the half circle. You go pull and there's your <laughs> and there's your waffle up in the air. Yeah. Um it's kind of the curve shape thing. Yeah. I think that's kind of what you would have to do it with. Yeah, I, I only said that because I'm thinking like if you shoot it at like a at like a like a thirty degree angle, then it's just gonna tear apart. You have to shoot that thing like high up in the air for it to go anywhere because it's I mean you gotta take into consideration the 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 wind resistance pulling that thing apart. Yeah. So I'm gonna go I'll go fourteen I'll, and a half and I I think I may take the over. I'll take the under. I'll take the under. It just says I, I think it's gonna fall apart. Alright. How do you order your hash browns? This comes from <laughs> Iron Pastor DH on Twitter. I'm, I'm how do you so order bad. your hash browns at Waffle House? And how would you order them? Speaking to me, how would you order them for Blake 
if you were ordering him hash browns from Waffle House. So how do I order them? I order them uh, smothered and chunked, which is, is cheese and ham. And I always get them crispy because I don't like I don't like flimsy hash browns. Because a side of bacon is just not enough pork for the day. No. Uh, and if, I guess if I were ordering your hash browns, I, I mean, I think I know what you like, but if, if you were new, I'd be like, just get what I'm getting. But you like mushrooms in yours, don't you? Blake will, yeah, Blake will order for himself since Blake is here. I order my hash browns smothered, covered, and capped, which means no cap, smothered with onions. Okay, I don't get smothered then. What's cheese? Covered. 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 So I get covered and chunked. Yes. Admittedly, I have not been in a long time. Yeah. So I get covered and chunked. Okay, sorry, just to clear that up. Scattered, smothered, Uh, and covered is the correct answer. That's the original, like, way that you order the hash browns, yeah. So I get mine smothered. Covered and capped, which means onions, cheese, and mushrooms. Um, but I, I have actually found recently that they're not cooking the onions and the, the mushrooms long enough. I'm getting like halfway cooked like mushrooms out of a can, and they're not quite as good. So um, I, I think I'm going to start ordering mine a little bit more well done because it's – they're they're skimping me a little bit on the on the hash brown cookage, yeah. But love a, love a love a Waffle House hash brown. Do you get do you do crispy? Uh, not at the moment, but I'm I'm about to start asking for it. Yeah, that's a must. And then um, have to, you have to have the waffle at the end. You have to order. You have yeah, to order waffle it, at the end. Don't give it to just, me early. Yeah, you just tell them I'll I'll let you. You got to clear the plates off. Yeah, I'll let you know when to put the waffle on because I don't want the waffle to come out first because that's the first thing that is done. Like they just throw it on and Three it's sitting there. Everything yeah. – I, I worked there uh, one summer in college. Everything in Waffle House is made to cook in three minutes. Everything is basically on a three-minute timer. Right. And so – but because it doesn't all come out – that fast there's usually other orders on the griddle or whatever the waffle is usually the first thing to the table and i'm not eating the waffle first because i'm eating my eggs and bacon and like the protein first and the waffle has to come at the end that's dessert. right like yep, you can't for sure and i'm not i'm not gonna let it sit on the table for 15 minutes until i'm done and just get cold for sure. Not a quality waffle. Uh, this question. next one is a question uh, I think aimed just at me. It's from John Singbush on Twitter. He says, have I ever had the original pancake house here in Buffalo? Also, pancakes are basically the same as waffles. Just waffles are a bit thicker and harder. Same thing, though. Not sure how I feel about that. A, wa- a, waffle, a waffle is just a plaid pancake. No. Yeah. See, it's a plaid no, pancake. You're gonna, we're gonna fight. They're different. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that. They're different. You eat them differently. If I have the choice, they look different. They're not the, the same. If I have the choice, I'm picking pancake every time. And the only reason for that is most waffles 
are too dry. Even if you put syrup on them, they soak up all the syrup and it's still a dry waffle that just tastes like syrup now. Pancakes, I don't feel like get that way as as often. Uh, next one, also about Waffle House, we're getting to our last football one. We all love Waffle House, but where do you have it in comparison to Cracker Barrel? Higher. Waffle House is... I think it's higher, too. I mean, if we're talking breakfast restaurants, uh, Waffle House, I think, is number one. Waffle House wins in... If I'm ordering the same meal from both places, Waffle House wins eggs, Waffle House wins bacon, Waffle House wins in dessert, in whatever... Like you, I put, I would put Waffle House waffles up against Cracker Barrel pancakes or French toast or whatever it is, and it beats every one of them, in my opinion. But I think Waffle House, I think Waffle House is good. I endless endless pancakes. I have too inconsistent for me. I do like the endless pancakes though. That I had that a couple times in college. I've met <laughs> Reed. I've mentioned this to you before, but. Uh, as far as like a Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit in the morning, Blake, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you. Blake, I know I have mentioned I know I've mentioned this to you before, but there's a place in Atlanta. Reed, I don't think I said I think you have told me you've never heard of it. But there's a place called Martin's in Atlanta. Blake, you never, never been? Never heard of it. No. It's it is in the same vein as like um the way Mighty Taco is up here as it's like a fast oh, food yeah. place just to Buffalo. Martin's is like a fast food place just to Atlanta. And I have only known about Martin's from our mutual friend, Mr. Barron. He took me there one time. Yep. I tell you next time you guys go to Atlanta, go to Martin's, Google it, find your the nearest one to where you guys live, where your parents live. Go to Martin's. Get a chicken biscuit sandwich. Go to Chick Fil A. Get one too. They wow. rival each other. It. It's, I can't believe it's, I've never heard of this. It's place. close. It's close. It. It's very close. It's like a one A one B situation. I've had Martin's uh, a handful of times in Atlanta. Their chicken biscuits definitely rival Chick Fil A. Wow. All right. Uh, okay. Strong words. I'm gonna have to try it out. Yeah, I, I, I'm on it. I'm on um, okay, last question comes from at Brian Metz 11. Uh, he asks, who on uh, the team has the most bizarre pregame ritual? That's a great question. Um, that you can share. I'll probably go I'll probably go back to Mac just because Mac, he like walks around and like runs routes in pregame barefoot. And like, does this whole routine of like warming up on the field barefoot, while like um, I don't know what the word is, like physiologically it makes sense. Like you, like he's activating the the small muscles in his feet that he, you know, needs to be able to run and and do all of the things that he needs. It's super weird seeing him walk out of the locker room and onto the field barefoot. I mean, everybody's got their own kind of weird little twist, but that's probably the that's probably the strangest one in my opinion. Um, I'm not sure 
if I can pinpoint like weirdest, I don't know if I can pinpoint like one guy that does something super weird. I guess I'm I like, I literally just mentally walk through my whole day, you know, my whole pregame in the locker room and I can't, I can't pinpoint somebody that does something weird. I think the only thing I can think of that would kind of answer this question is myself and Davis Webb take the staff bus to away games. So like the morning of the game on the team schedule, we obviously have like bus one, bus two, bus three leaves at 845, 915, you know, whatever, it, or, you know, 915, 945, 1015. And the staff bus always leaves like 30 minutes early. And we both take that just because we both like to be there super early and just kind of be be where we're going to be for the day and not have to kind of wait around. So uh, we've talked about it a couple times. But Lorenzo Alexander used to do that. I've been doing it for the majority of my career. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of one of my favorite things. It's interesting that you mentioned that and bring it up because I, I have found myself this year being – more comfortable arriving a little bit later than I normally do. I like, like I show up maybe I'm still one of the, one of the earlier ones, but I'm showing up maybe 30 minutes later than I normally would just because I found myself last year and, and for the first couple of games this year, like I would get to the locker room and I do all my stuff and then I'm just like sitting there. All right, um, I'm just like sitting here on my phone, and it was just I have started arriving a little bit later than I normally do, but still on the early side. In other news, now that we are kind of moving on from the Twitter questions, this is some uh, not so awesome news we received uh, yesterday, which we're recording this on Wednesday, so Tuesday evening. Uh, the NFL announced that John Madden had passed away, and immediate, almost immediately there was an outpouring of just love and prayers for his family, and I mean, you can just see the impact that he had on the game of football from you know the, the biggest players in the game, the biggest coaches in the game. I know Bill Belichick said, you know, talked about in his press conference. I'm sure a lot of guys did today in their media availability. But just seeing all of the players and coaches and, and just people who are, you know, in the realm of, of football just showing their their love and how much he meant to them over the years was was really cool, um, I, I thought. So obviously for us, he, you know, we, we had every Madden game from – you know, the time we were little until, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I don't really play Madden anymore, but um, that was that was just something that, you know, left an impact on me because I, I remember when he was still doing it, he was this, I mean, up until maybe five or eight years ago, he was doing the commentary on the game. And so I, I would hear, you know, his voice and he was, he just had that, such a recognizable and iconic voice that to me is what I really remember about him. I don't know about you, Reed. I mean, I can pretty much echo everything you're saying. The legend that he became, um, I think from just from our childhood, I think, you know, playing the video game, 
listening to old clips of him broadcasting games, the kind of the whole nine yards, you kind of always saw him in a good light. And you didn't, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it was, it was pretty obvious why, but, uh, he, he had such a great impact on the game. So, um, you know, obviously, uh, unfortunate that he passed away, um, last night on, t- or on Tuesday, but, uh, it's easy to see, uh, the mark that he left on the game for years to come. Yeah, out of curiosity, what was your favorite game of, Favorite Madden year, I guess, during our our childhood. I think I'm gonna have to say 06 with Donovan McNabb on the cover. I think um, that soundtrack was the best, and I think that was the year that they implemented where you could move the quarterback vision cone to throw to the receiver. Um, I think that was the year that they implemented that. So uh, pretty. I guess that was the one that sticks out to me the most. Mine is probably the 05 with with Ray Lewis on it. You and I played that a ton, obviously, between that and, and NCAA with Carson Palmer on the front. But um, I think 05 with Ray Lewis is is probably one that uh, was my favorite. Kind of last thing on, on Madden, his documentary that was uh, scheduled to be released soon – has now been pushed up, can now be streamed on uh, Tubi and Peacock, uh, should be available on ESPN Plus soon, and it will re-air, sounds like it re, uh, it aired on Fox Sports, uh, maybe Fox Sports 1, and it's going to re-air uh, periodically throughout the week. So um, if you're looking for uh, some, some Madden memories, I would encourage you to take a look at the documentary. I've heard only good things about it. I will be turning it on at some point here in the next couple of days when I find a, a down moment. But um, if you want to, if you want to watch that, you can find it on any of those platforms. So, kind of transitioning to uh, more of a uh, you know something on a lighter note. Bowl season is uh, in full effect. I know we've covered it the last couple weeks on the pod, but I uh, figured we would just give a quick update. Uh, I actually was checking my bowl picks earlier. I know uh, I am one, I think I'm one pick ahead of you out of 22 bowl games that have been played. And I know a lot have been canceled because of COVID stuff and whatever, but um, out of 22 games, I have gotten... Nine correct. I'm and you're. Just, I think you're sitting at eight. I I take responsibility for my picks, but I will say that I am really disappointed in Vegas because I was depending on Vegas's betting lines, like I said last week, to get me to a not even not even a not even like top tier. I'm, I was just thinking that I would at least have like a, a winning percentage and I, and I just don't for as much as we've talked through the years about how good Vegas is about, you know, the betting lines and, and the, just the spread over under like Vegas is failing me. I am the same way. I'm one ahead of you. This is the worst bowl season I've ever had. 
I am not mathematically out yet, <laughs> but here in the next couple days, and as more bowl games get canceled, it it's looking grim. I will say I'm way better at picking March Madness. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense to me, because like picks in March Madness ride on other picks being correct. And if you if you get one incorrect, you get to elite eight, and it's like, I mean, it's it's a problem. I am also better at picking March Madness. You and I usually are going toe to toe. Yeah, we're March, usually in, near the top. Yeah, out of you know, out of twenty five, thirty people in our in our um, March Madness pool, you and I are usually at the top. But I guess not in in. <laughs> in picking the sport that you and I actually play, which is hilarious. A few, a few things before we finish up, and I got a, I got two questions for you um, at the end. LSU, did you see LSU, uh, Brian Kelly, who he hired? Got a defensive coordinator, baby. The coordinator. Uh, LSU hired uh, Matt House as their defensive coordinator. He's uh, Obviously, they hired him from the Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. He was their linebackers coach, formerly uh, defensive coordinator at Kentucky. And I believe I saw he also coached at Pitt and Florida International. I'm excited. I I saw Tyron Matthew speaking very, very highly of him on Twitter yesterday. So that gave me a lot of reassurance. I mean, the, the, the Chiefs defense has been very, very good. Spe- specifically as it relates to their linebackers with you know Frank Clark and a couple other guys playing really really well but um, I- I'm really pumped about it I think I think that that's a great hire I'm curious to see who they hire at, at OC though yeah that's gonna be obviously the one I mean LSU's historically known for their great defenses but I yep. think given the team that was a couple years ago I think everybody's kind of focused on who the OC is going to be. I think uh, that's kind of the big name that everybody's looking at. Uh, And then also, um, we mentioned it earlier, LSU basketball. Uh, They're off to a 12-0 start, currently playing Auburn at the moment. They're uh, losing, so uh, my rant is going to go a little – my rant is a little underwhelming, uh, a little poorly timed. But they have the number one ranked defense in the nation – they do. They got some ballers. Me and my me and my boy Stephen Rivers, a college roommate, uh, we have been religiously following LSU basketball for years. If if you follow Reed on any platform of social media, mainly Twitter, you would know how big of an LSU basketball fan he is. It's uh, it's it's obsessive. I don't think that they're getting the recognition that they deserve. I don't it think they are either. They are. They're so ranked. Long, uh, they're ranked 16. It took so long for them to even be ranked. Right. So long. Yeah. They were what? Maybe. Yeah. Like I think they didn't get ranked until they were like eight, eight or no, eight. No. So they've played three or four games ranked, and obviously they're playing Auburn right now, who's number eleven. So and and they're down. They're down five or six at the moment, but. You know they're going in. They're, they're, this first stretch of SEC games for them is a gauntlet, an absolute gauntlet. They got Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama. I think Auburn again, and maybe Georgia. I have to go back and look at it. But their first six or seven games 
is just a straight up gauntlet of the best teams in the SEC. So, uh, it's going to be kind of a early, uh, make or break for them. And I hope that they can keep the ball rolling. Um, okay. So two questions to end. And, and one of these I heard on one of my favorite podcasts. It's called the My First Million podcast. They cover a lot of current issues, but it's, it's mostly guys that are in the private equity space. Uh, they're two, two very interesting guys, but they, they asked a question on their pod, their most recent podcast. What do you want to learn more about in 2022? Uh, can it be something that I'm already starting to learn about in 2021? Sure. I am starting to learn about how to play the guitar. There you go. Something and I've wanted to do for a while. I purchased a guitar back at the, the end of the summer, and I'm I just you know putting it off, forgetting about it, whatever. And I have finally picked it up and just, you know, I'm trying to practice, trying to learn. My buddy Kurt Ozon, uh, who plays for Luke Combs, has, has offered to help me. He's, he's taught me some, some things. Um, and so this off season, I plan to, uh, take the guitar with me back to Atlanta and I will be, um, picking at the guitar just a little bit to, see what I can learn about in 2022. What do you want to learn more about in 2022? I think uh, the first thing that came to my mind, and this is going to seem like so cliche, but this crypto stuff. And I'm really not interested in buying in on it. Chris has given me a thumbs down. I'm really not interested in buying in on it. Blake, I know you are. Chris, it sounds like you are. Blake, you bought, I know you bought like some Dogecoin or something like back over the summer. I'm not, I just don't, it seems like a lot of the people that I, that have voices in my life, or I guess that's kind of a weird way to put it, but a lot of the people that I really like to follow on my social media networks that for like news and like interesting content, they, most of them are in on it and have been talking about it for a while. And they, it, it seems like it's, it's, it's here to stay. So I'm really interested, uh, on, in, in learning about just about it, I guess, about crypto slash how is it going to be used in five years, in 10 years? Because it, on the, on that my first million podcast, they're talking about guys in crypto that are, buying cities in like El Salvador and they're running like a crypto city. I'm like, what are you talking about? I feel like that the crypto city thing is like a people is like people trying to play like the Sims video game, like, but in real life, that's basically what, what some of the stuff is talking about. It's kind of it's kind of scary, honestly. People are talking about having NFTs of their actual real estate. I don't understand the and NFT like the thing. the an NFT of your house is somehow someday going to be worth more than your actual house. That, that that's not like that doesn't make any sense. I saw funny story. I saw a TikTok the other day from, I believe it was a San Francisco 49ers 
defensive back. He was a defensive back somewhere in the league. I think the San Francisco 49ers. He was talking or showing off the Christmas gifts that they did in their secret Santa for their position group. They had like a they had like a thousand dollar minimum on the Secret Santa, and so he was showing off like somebody got Dior shoes and somebody got like a Louis Vuitton wallet and a hoodie like a designer hoodie or something. Somebody got like some Nike Dunks that are like the off white whatever designer stuff, and then. So he showed somebody had a, a piece of paper like sitting in their locker and the person had bought them an NFT for no Christmas. Way. And somebody I so I immediately I I sprinted to the comments and someone said someone said if I if I received an NFT for Christmas, I would request a trade. <laughs> <laughs> And the only so no the only way. thing I could think of because I I mean I would be ticked if I got an NFT for Christmas because at my at the point I'm at in life right now that is valueless to me like it like it's meaningless. But the only thing I could think of was that it was Secret Santa, and so those that is not like you know Dirty Santa or White Elephant or whatever where you trade or you steal gifts. This is like you pick a person's name out of a hat and you buy something for them. So this person probably, I would have to think, is into the crypto NFT sphere and, and you know would really enjoy something like that. But <laughs> if it was White Elephant and the, the last item getting passed around was an NFT, I'd be so mad. <laughs> I would be so mad. That kind of reminds me of uh, of a story I heard from our O line group last year. One of the guys got there was some some kind of a thousand dollar minimum. One guy brought a a gold bar. Where do you even get one of those? I have no idea. But that, it was it was he like said the, it was pretty small. You know, it was a thousand dollars worth of gold or you know eleven hundred dollars worth of gold. So it's not huge. But he said nobody wanted it. And I'm like, like would, I would take that all day. Would you get that at like the... Who else has a gold bar? I, I, you'd, you'd get that at like the the phone number that they have like the commercials for on, yep. Fox, on like Fox News. Like the, yeah. put your money into gold and silver. That's exactly um, right. I, yeah, I would, I mean, I think that'd be cool. But yeah, I don't, certainly cooler than an NFT. Right now, because yeah. the NFTs are, are useless. Maybe in five years, like you said, maybe they will be. Maybe they will be worth. You're gonna more be buying your Chick Fil A with Bitcoin in five years. I own like 500 Dogecoin, which is like the equivalent of like a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually less than a hundred dollars because <laughs> it's like it's like sixteen cents or something. <laughs> I can't help myself. Dogecoin. It's got like the little like the little dog. The little Sherpa. <laughs> it's a Shiba. Shiba. 
Az a sörpa. Az a sörpa. That's a word. Sheba. Sheba Inu. Sherpa is a jacket. <laughs> oh my god! We need to we need to end this podcast. All right. Okay. Well, I have one more question for you, and this goes for Chris too. New Year's resolution. I haven't thought about it. Go to the playoffs. Okay, Chris. Probably be better at uh, video editing. I would say mine is probably uh, to continually improve my uh, dadness. I think that's a that's. A I just want to learn great. how to. I want to keep learning and have an open mind towards being a great parent. Look at you, man! As yeah. as Blakely, she'll be a year in April, and that's kind of when they start to really interact. So I just want I just want to be able to have an open mind and be able to set the best example uh, that I can when I am around her, and when you've, I'm not around her. But you've clearly you get what put I'm saying. more. You've clearly put more thought into this than I have. Um, I will have a better New Year's resolution for you next week. Well, my, my New Year's resolution last year was to eat more vegetables, and I did that. Will you be continuing? I ate more vegetables in 2021 than I probably have in any year of my life. So, What was your favorite, for that. What was your favorite new vegetable that you tried? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I've had it. It's not a new, but it's in a new form. Okay. Kale chips. Ooh. Like flavored kale chips. Solid. Not terrible. They're edible. And so. a good way to get greens into your body. Yeah. Good. I, I, I was I was pretty strong. I leaned pretty heavily into uh, green smoothies at the facility. Spinach. You can, spinach, you can kale, hide. some green powder. Throw, a little, throw some fruit in there. That's easy. Yeah, you can hide the flavor with some fruit and peanut yeah. butter and some other yeah. good, yummy stuff. That's a wrap. That is a wrap. We'll see you in 2022. 2022, we will be starting our second year of podcasting. No, that's not true. We haven't been doing this for a year. Thanks for joining us. This has been fun. This has been a fun year. If you want to Follow us on social media. You can at After the Snap Pod, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'll talk some more Waffle House. As always, please subscribe and drop a drop a review in there. I think we should start start posting some of the reviews, or not posting them, reading them on the on the air because I think that some of them are funny. Join us in 2022. This has been After the Snap. Tales from two brothers who live life upside down. <laughs>